Welcome to the Hype Geek Podcast, where we talk to you about the intersection of culture, esports, gaming, all that jazz. I'm your host, Rustin, and I'm here with my co-founder and very good friend, Kalu. How's it going, guys? Yeah, I think the reason we wanted to start this podcast is because I guess we have a lot to say about something that a lot of people aren't talking about in esports. You know, it's it's becoming a mainstream thing, but people are just talking about Fortnite, you know, just the hype behind it, how much money's involved, all the teams. But I think there's a market that we really like to target and we identify as well that I guess needs a little more exposure and is very interesting just because a lot of people might not understand it. And I guess it's something that we're very familiar with. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we call ourselves hype geeks. We're basically hype beasts that love video games. Um, we launched the world's first esports gym, and through that process, we found that there are a lot of people out there that are hype geeks. So we thought, well, you know, there's also a lot of news out there about esports. Why don't we kind of talk about that and the side that's not being talked about, culture, and how those two things intertwine? So the topics that we're speaking about today are the Call of Duty World League. Um, what's the next one, Kyle? Fortnite, Fortnite Korea Open. Um, I think that those are the two we want to start with because we started, as Rusty said, as an esports gym. So we're very into esports as a physical experience rather than just a digital platform. Uh, we do very much preach the benefits of social gaming. You know, it's very hard for people to understand why gaming is where it is in terms of the market numbers because it is very primarily digital. You see all the amount of people playing Fortnite, Call of Duty. Um, but when you actually go to these events, it's very prevalent that there's much more than just an online audience who just watch Twitch, you know, they're very involved with these players as celebrities and they almost worship them. Like when we're going to CWL Vegas, there's guys walking up to Optic Karma, like trying to get pictures with him, uh, very, calling him the goat, just all cheering his names, chanting the names. It's an unreal experience just being there in a physical location. Um, and I think, yeah, CWL Vegas reached record numbers in terms of the first open. Is that right? Yeah. So the first thing we want to touch on is there's an article released um, about the CWL, which is the Call of Duty World League. Uh, it happened like, what, a week and a half ago um, at Vegas. So Ka and I were there. Um, and, you know, for us, we're like, holy shit, dude, like there's all these people here watching this competition as if like, okay, so I, I've watched maybe like for one season in my life, I watched Real Madrid like consistently, religiously, right? And so when I'm watching the games, I'm, I know all the players. I'm really passionate about it. But ever since then, I never really felt like that about anything until I was at that event in Vegas. And it was just absurd. Like there were, they broke, okay, so they broke a record. 200,000 viewers live that they've never had that for the CWL Vegas. So if you think about that comparatively, there's that show um, Undisputed. I think Skip Bayless is on it on the ESPN. They hit like 20 or 40,000 viewers. And they have major sponsors. Call of Duty hits five times that. And they have like Mountain Dew as a sponsor. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is where like culture is shifting and no one's really paying attention to it. Yeah. And I think it's just earlier on in the market. Like the Mountain Dew booth was pretty cool though. Yeah. They had, it's a whole experiential thing. I think that's what they're trying to, I guess they kind of did it properly. They it was Gamer not, Fuel. It was Gamer Fuel. That's right. Yeah. Mountain Dew Gamer Fuel, which is very similar to G Fuel, just kind of. Such. What's G Fuel? Explain G Fuel. Yeah, so G Fuel is like the pre-workout for gamers, pretty much. Have you taken G Fuel? Before? I have taken G Fuel. It's pretty good. It's like I think no, no, like 
I think it's zero calories, actually. A lot of them were zero calories. Um, so like in terms of like the health benefits, you can't really complain about that, but it's all artificial sweeteners. But do you feel like jittery when you use it? Yeah, I think it, it's less jittery than if you were to take coffee. Um, but it does make there's caffeine good. in it. There's definitely caffeine. Okay. Yeah. But you, you feel more focused. I think. Is it legal? Um, yeah, of course it's legal. But like who's <laughs> regulating them? Yeah. FDA? The, the, dude, I, I actually don't know about that, but they have like a ton of good flavors that are like knockoffs from like certain candy brands. Um, but yeah, it's so like G Fuel, I, I assume stands for Gamer Fuel, and then Mountain Dew comes out with Gamer, Gamer Fuel, Fuel, which is like, That's funny. Uh, you should maybe scoped out your competition a little bit better <laughs> yeah. if you do that. Uh, but yeah, like besides that, they had a whole little experiential aspect uh, within the CBL Vegas location where they just had a lot of taste that you could taste the different Gamer Fuels, and then you could play some Call of Duty for a chance to win like certain packages. And like, I think it was like DX Racer Chair you could have yeah. won. Do you, okay, so explain what a DX Racer Chair is real quick, and then I want to talk about. Yeah, so for those who don't know, there's like, there's so many different things in terms of a gamer's assets, I guess. Like you can have just a regular chair and just be okay with that. Like I have a normal chair, I can play games on it. It doesn't make a difference in your gameplay. That's why he's bad. That's why. <laughs> but there are things like that you could up your game just to make your setup look nicer, especially on stream and just make you feel like more of a gamer. So direct DX racer chair is just a gamer chair. It's a chair designed and branded for gamers. It doesn't really look much different. It it's, does look cooler. If colorway is definitely cool. It's like taller. It's literally a racing chair. It's yeah. Yeah, but it's yeah. mad comfy. Yeah, it's dope. It's, it's really cool. Um, but, so, yeah. The, okay, I, what I wanted to talk about is the video that I took. Yeah, that's people. right. That's right. Yeah. You, you yeah. remember that video? Yeah, yeah. While we were there, Rusty was just like, he went away for like 10 minutes and he came back like, yo, check this out. And he showed me this video. <laughs> it was he was it was just, first off, it was just him just pointing towards the ground. It's like, what are you showing me? But yeah. he started to point out every like three pairs of shoes that he was looking at that people were wearing bro i was like easy 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 jordan jordan easy jordan jordan and easy this could just be like we already suspected this and is the reason why like one of the first things we saw were like overwatch players wearing yeezys right and we're Mm -hmm. like this is a thing like this is one of like the first lead-ons we had to consider gamers as hype geeks is what we call them um but like it could just be the call of duty environment like there's a lot of very hip type teens it's like a shooter game it could be the demographic i can't speak for like the league of legends demographic to say that they'd all be wearing yeezys as well um but from our knowledge and from the friends we do have in the industry it's just a very overlapping thing no matter what game you play you very much appreciate the new type of clothing and i think just comes with the age yeah i think um it's just synonymous across all the different gaming platforms sure they have different audiences um, but I think what they all have in common is that it's all youthful, right? The majority of the audiences are young. So what are young kids being exposed to outside of gaming? You know, music, uh, mainstream fashion trends, and within mainstream fashion trends, sneakers are hot. Mm-hmm. Rap is hot, right? True. So we're starting to see that like all the kids in esports relate to those things. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's also kind of like if you think about well how does that relate to Fortnite? A lot of the people that are picking up Fortnite are kind of picking it up from the mainstream wave. Um, Something interesting though, there's another article out here. Fortnite recently did their Korean open. Um, So I play Fortnite, but Ka is really deep into the Fortnite culture. You want to talk about the Korean open? What does that mean? A little too deep. So I think Korea just, is more heavily focused on Fortnite now. I think it's like one of the first international pushes from Fortnite because I mean, Fortnite's only been out for like a little over a year, right? And it was very primarily US-based compared to other games like PUBG and H1, H1Z1, I mean. 
So it's very interesting to see Fortnite going overseas and seeing the audience and the traction that it might potentially have there and the growth it could have as an international esport, not just uh, a U.S.-based esport. Um, but as, as we know, I think Tfue and or Kitty Plays was a teammate, but Tfue and FaZe Clan have done very, very well in the past. I think they're the most consistent duo, and FaZe Clan is doing very well in Fortnite as of right now. And Tfue did take the Korean Open in 2018, which is like not big of a surprise. I didn't get much of a chance to watch it. Did you watch anything from the Korean Open? Yeah, I watched the. I watched a couple of recaps. Yeah. Um. So here's what I learned. Uh. First of all, the. This is a push for Fortnite to get into Korea. Um. A lot of the PC bongs, which are basically internet cafes there, um, now have Fortnite enabled. So there's like a PC bong setting in the Fortnite menu that you click, and it's like optimized, right? Um, I don't necessarily know what that does. I do know that with League of Legends, there's like a land center version that like unlocks all the characters and like gives you double EXP. I don't know if that's the case here. Could be interesting if they do that. But so this was like to promote that, you know, now we have Fortnite in the country, right? Um, They let all the pros use their own peripherals, uh, which is interesting. Those are like keyboard and mice. And that usually doesn't happen during like actual events, right? Because you see like players having to because it, when it comes down to the gaming you have to be very used to whatever they provide you so like a lot of the players they know what peripherals are going to be used at the tournament so they buy it weeks in advance to practice with it that's how much of an extent they go to be able to familiarize themselves with something they're not used to um so to be able to use your own peripherals is something that you don't really see which is really interesting yeah like i'm not gonna go and borrow cause soccer cleats before i go play soccer yeah you know right. um so i watch gameplay dude it's hectic like it feels and seems more hectic than american fortnite i mean yeah that that could maybe the play style is different the play style is different what tfue said in an interview was like they're really aggressive like just as aggressive as the american counterparts um he died in like the first two rounds he kept getting third partied um which basically means someone came and killed him while he's fighting someone else yeah um and but that's that's like I, I, maybe it's the game, the current state of the game, not just the way that he's playing or the way the Koreans play. Because now there's additions to like airplanes and and True. just a lot of mobility items. I don't want to go too in deep with like what the game dynamics are. Um, but in terms of the competitive side, you know, they just raised like 1.3 billion dollars. Epic just, Games, Epic Games just raised 1.3 billion dollars just to focus on the esports side of things. So as a game, they're doing super well. They make hundreds of millions of dollars just based off in-game purchases, which are. And the game is completely free. So just in-game purchases, they're making that much money. But they're raising skins. Ka, how yeah. much have you spent on skins? Um, I got gifted a hundred dollars <laughs> to buy skins, and I still have like forty dollars left of that. So you spent sixty dollars on skins. Yeah, but it's not my money, so I feel a little better about that. Right. <laughs> but there are skins that are up to twenty dollars. You know, you buy twenty dollars for a skin that you have right. forever. But at the same time, their skins like it's crazy because the the shop rotates every single twenty four hours, forty eight hours, whatever there's a new addition to the, to the shop and people are just continually buying because it could be a rare item. Like some items you see from season one never came back and like those are considered the most rare. So you might see an item like, I need to cop this before it goes away. You know, right. it's going to be gone in 24 hours. Um, so that whole dynamic. I need that supreme tea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Uh, yeah, but the state of Fortnite esports is, I, I guess I wouldn't say struggling, but if you look at the community on Twitter and what all the pros are saying, they are a little unsatisfied in terms of Epic Games listening to what they want. And I think that's a really big thing because I, I always thought like from the very beginning, Fortnite's genius, you know, Epic Games is genius. Like the way they're creating the storyline, like allowing their players to just follow along with them in their growth. 
But then they do stuff like take out glider redeploy, which everyone loved, and then adding stuff that people literally did not want. And then days before a tournament, adding this legendary sword that you can so pick up. You got to give them context. Yeah, yeah. No, the I'll, sword, okay, I'll get to that. Sorry. What's I'm, good with the tournament? You can tell I'm just very... And the glider like, redeploy? Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm very... I, I don't want to talk too much like dynamics in terms of like the actual in-game movements okay, and stuff like that. Okay. I don't want to go too deep in that. Right. But there's things that were certain mechanics in the game that proved pretty useful and were liked by a lot of pros that they called testing. They took it out or they would add stuff before big tournaments that would kind of mess up the meta of the game. Meta being like things that people would do to... The rules. Yeah, it's just the rules pretty much. Like the meta is like, you know, you would counter build this way or you would do this to counter this opponent. You would, uh, I guess, approach a situation this way. Um, but when you add certain dynamics, it could just ruin the entire thing. It, it does make things interesting. I would agree with that. It, it, like you see in a tournament, this guy's just now wielding a sword that has never been in the game before. Like yeah, I'm so, interested. So basically what happened a week ago was Fortnite had like a, what was the prize pool for the Winter Royale? I don't, I think it was a million dollars. I think it was a million. Yeah. So the morning of this tournament, right? The semifinals are like basically the last day of the tournament. They introduce this like weapon that gives you insane abilities, increases your health. And all the kids that were winning the tournament were using that weapon. And no one knew how to counter it because they released it like two hours before the tournament. So kids are making a bunch of money, ruining the livelihoods of other people who spend all their time trying to be professional in this game. Mm. So that caused a big backlash. Um, But I think we should move on to the next topic. We kind of dwelled on Fortnite. Yeah. No, like you you could tell, like I'm very passionate in terms of Fortnite and Call of Duty and, I, I guess those are the two core, just to tell you guys a little bit about myself, those are the two core games that got me into esports. I think Rustin jokes a lot that I'm the bro gamer <laughs> because of the fact that Call of Duty and Fortnite are like the two most mainstream games in terms of latching yourself onto. Like, I tried League of Legends, I've done like Smash, I, I've tried all the different esports games, but like, I, I guess I just relate myself most to Call of Duty and Fortnite. And yeah, it just, I love to see Call of Duty doing well. I don't want, I, I'll go back to this real quick, but do you think Call of Duty is doing well this year because of the game or the fact that optic gaming is doing very well um well sorry about that i don't think uh you know for those that don't know optic gaming is a team uh, in esports and optic gaming um is like the barcelona of call of duty yeah um so when they're doing well call of duty is doing well uh but i think there's just a general you know the Fortnite wave has caused an uptick for everyone, right? A, ri- a, a rising tide lifts all boats. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about the opposite end of that. You know, maybe things aren't all so rosy in the esports industry, in the esports world. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some talks, there's, you know, articles being released now about is a correction on the way for esports? Um, so, what do you know, mean by correction? Okay. Yeah. Good question. So, correction, right? Basically, people are starting to, realize that um the teams that they're investing in are not generating the revenue that they thought they were going to generate um and so now there's a question of well were the valuations that we invested in too high is the industry as big as we think it is right now here's my take on it right so um there's a correction because or people think there's a correction coming because of two teams' mismanagement. One is Echo Fox, which is Rick Fox's team. Uh, they did layoffs um, like a month or a month and a half ago. But the problem there was they invested into like 
10 or 12 games. So they have teams in a bunch of games. Anyone with a brain would realize, you know what? Not all of these games have a big prize pool or big audiences. Maybe we shouldn't field teams and invest into all of them because there's not revenue, et cetera, et cetera. So that was the mistake that I saw there. Uh, for Optic, so Optic, um, their parent company, Infinite, and announced uh, a layoff as well. So that was kind of scary because Optic was like, you know, one of these major players in the industry. Um, but they announced this layoff and it's partially just a restructuring, but it also comes down to like Optic going to corporate. You know, the players not enjoying their environment. Uh, they're not competing well, so they're not performing the way that the team needs them to perform. Um, and the result is that they're not generating the revenue that they need to. I also think that it's a strategy. Optic strategy is from what we're seeing and from like what I hear, it's too like traditional corporate which if yeah. for an industry as new as ours and as non-traditional as it is, it's difficult to like stick to previous structures when you kind of have to tra trailblaze. Yeah. And, and to add on to that, I think when an organization does well in terms of its fan engagements, it also does have an effect in the game. So like, just as I mentioned, the reason why this open is really big is because I truly think the players in optic gaming and other organizations promoted the game a lot better. When World War yeah. II came out, which was the game prior to this current CDL game, um, the players express very publicly that this game is trash. And then like in my mind, like even though like I wanted to like Call of Duty and a lot of other players like wanted to enjoy the game, it's just like it's a little tarnished. You know, you, when you watch the game, you know that these players aren't enjoying it and you don't enjoy the content as much. So then when you see this new game coming out and then you see these players enjoying it and the organization is promoting it a lot better and these guys are feeling really good on themselves, then the fan engagement goes up and the game does well. It's like it's like a whole entire circle that very much plays off each other. The organization does well, the game does well. The game does well, the organization does well. It's a very back and forth communication that I, it needs to happen with any game in any org organization. So an organization like Optic that's Call of Duty heavy has a bad year, they do layoffs. Maybe that's not an indication of the market being corrected. Yeah. Maybe it's an indication that teams need to understand mm -hmm. the environment that they're in. Another thing, I saw a Twitter thread from like a prominent VC. So this guy has invested in like, Hundred Thieves. Um, he's done a lot of other like prominent esports investments, and he always does these like massive Twitter threads talking about his thoughts, like a typical VC does on Twitter. Um, but this one was interesting because he goes, you know, this whole talk of market correction, it's because people think esports orgs and companies are coming from the perspective of like this is a traditional industry, so they're laying down traditional frameworks. And that clashes with like non-traditional sort of like community, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, so like the rev, the way that they're trying to produce revenue is like how an NBA team would do it. Yeah. But esports is special in that you have a digitally native audience, which means you can basically have an NBA team and a tech company at the same time. Mm -hmm. You think about it like that. Okay, it makes sense that the revenue. Or like the valuations are like 10 or 14x because yeah. they have the best of both worlds. But they're not putting the revenue or the revenue strategy of the best of both worlds down. Yeah. Um, Plus, it, I think it's also the structure in which esports is. like Because like no one owns soccer. Like, you know, there's different yeah, leagues and stuff. Point. But 
the reason why organizations have such limited revenue, and that's the reason why people think they're being overvalued, is because they can't make money off these tournaments. Like they really can't unless they become franchise, especially Call of Duty. Like nothing's gonna happen. Like every single tournament, Call of Duty, Activision, they're making all the money. The orgs make nothing, pretty much nothing, except unless they, they win the tournaments, right? From the prize yeah. pools. So it's the way that's going because you know if the Warriors win, they're getting all the ticket sales from their arena. Yeah. You know, unless this happens soon, then you'll you're gonna see this trend continue to happen. But it's not like the spending isn't there. You see the spending everywhere else, not just the organizations. So the reason why it's being overvalued is because everyone's looking at orgs, which are like the biggest players in industry right now, and that's where all the fame is. And they're assuming that like these guys should be making the most money. But like really, their only channels of revenue would be what? Merchandising, Merch. content to build the brand for merchandising. Um, and that's that's primarily it. Like there isn't really when they play in tournaments and when they play well, it does not result in them making any more money than they do, unless like their brand builds up 10 times each tournament which usually isn't true yeah i think i don't think there's a market correction um and i think that if there is a market correction it's not going to affect companies that are doing things right hint hint wink wink nudge nudge 100 thieves is doing it right Mm -hmm. so if you look at something like that you know and if you're thinking about getting into esports and this news kind of concerns you i would just say look there are companies out there that are doing it right and they won't be affected by bad actors or people that don't understand the industry yeah um and like hard thieves like they didn't perform too well in the cdl vegas but even if they got first place even if they got like top 12 they wouldn't have made any more money than they would have like it's the same their (laughs) brand is still the same maybe if they got first place they would expose to like 500 to a thousand more fans that would have bought their merch but again it's just the merch product you know the merch revenue so 100 thieves uh is run by nature he's like a pro cod player ex pro cod player he has this dope a team and lifestyle brand called 100 Thieves. Mm. So they were like, they picked up all the good players from Call of Duty last season, like the best of the best. And everyone's like, 100 Thieves is going to win, 100 Thieves is going to win, whatever, right? They didn't even place into the top 12 of this tournament. But I still think they walked away with a dub because they released their winter collection, which is like a merch collection that they launched, and it sold out in like 29 minutes. Yeah. So see, like, it doesn't matter if they win or lose. Like, I mean, sure, they have to win so people like the brand. Yeah. But they're making their money elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. And it, it, there's just so many more parts in terms of like what else is included in this, I guess, structure of esports that it's very early on to say that I guess people are putting a lot of money and people aren't seeing the outcome they want to see, but it's because the money is being allocated to these organizations. But yeah, I think, I think that's besides the point. There's just a lot that we need to wait out, but the potential is definitely there. The audience is there. The spend, although not towards organizations, aren't there. Um, it's it's there elsewhere. Um, so it is too soon to jump to, <clears throat> to conclusions. All right. Next topic here. Ka, um, have you heard a little Yachty before? Mm-hmm. Who's that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. All right. Or not, not even a little Yachty more phase Yachty is what we should be calling him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting news here. Um, little Yachty, big rapper, also a big gamer. Um, he joined phase clan this past weekend at rolling loud. Um, it's pretty interesting just to think about like, you know, we're getting to the point now that rappers are joining video game teams and they're doing it live at a concert in yeah. front of like all their fans. Yeah. That, that's just, that's so ridiculous. Cause I think like a year ago he tweeted out saying like, yo, face clan, I want it. Like that's all the, that's all he said. Like there was no, like obviously there's no paperwork done. I don't think there's any rev share in anything he does. Like nah, nah. It's, it's just, it's just a brand play. And, and you, you see face clan, like throwing away their tag, not throwing away, sorry, like throwing like their tag out to anyone. Like their their marketing strategy is like, 
we find and scout the best Fortnite players and we put phase in front of them and everyone's so willing to, to just join them. You know, there is a question about it. if you're a growing streamer, if, if you have like a hundred concurrence and you're good at the game, if phase goes, what are hundred sorry, I need to clarify this a uh, hundred concurrence as in like a hundred concurrent viewers within your Twitch stream. Thank you for clarifying mm-hmm. that. Um, like those type of small players, cause like a hundred concurrence is still a good amount in terms of like, you do have potential. There's a fan base there, but it isn't like Ninja who's getting like a hundred thousands concurrence. Right. Um, so face scouts for these talent and they just throw their tags at them. You know, that's their marketing strategy. It's just like, these players are are decent and we're going to help them grow like move and shift our brand and our audience to these players and yeah. everyone's still willing to hop on yeah so they went from not just putting phase in front of gamers but phase in front of artists and phase in front of juju wait juju, juju, smith. juju yeah, smith athletes athletes um everyone they're they're spreading their brand so far past just gaming now and that's something that we see is, is very unique and how we would like to go about the esports industry, you know, just not making it just esports focused, but everything that else is involved in terms of what their passions are. Because all the guys on phase, they love the hypey stuff. Yeah. They love watching Juju. They love Lil Yachty. Yeah. That it, it all just makes sense. It's very organic to them. It, yeah. do, it doesn't seem forced at all. And they're making a lot of money and yeah. it's very successful. And it seems like the brands and teams that, you know, recognize, oh, like let's tap into mainstream culture uh authentically mm. um are winning and succeeding and if we look back at like okay we just talked about the esports market correction the teams that are winning understand how to merchandise themselves mm. how to grow their brand yeah phase is like okay this is what we have to do right yeah. so they start releasing merch yeah. but it's not typical merch it's phase champion hoodies you right know? like cool stuff like that their partner so phase clan did it collab yeah. champion yeah, yeah so like Cool stuff that so Champion is is a brand that is now more recognized in the hype world. That's more of a rare. It's been here for a while. Like everyone had face champ, like had Champion hoodies, Champion shirts, but it did make a comeback this year. I think yeah, a really big comeback. Where it's like now like on Stock X, like it's like very. It's more of a like Supreme type vibe, off white type vibe. Um, so they, they did phase and champion did a collaboration together. They did, they released that complex con and they sold out when they put it online in like under 10 minutes, no, not under 10 minutes, like in two minutes. Right. Yeah. It's your boy copped. Yeah. I tried to cop one and like, like, like it's, it was, it was hefty. It was a hundred bucks. And the moment I put it in my cart, even those in my cart, it sold out. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. So now you know <laughs> how I feel when I try and buy shoes. Okay. So back in the day, when you try and buy sneakers, you learn all the tricks of the trade. So I went on the website and I was like, listen, this is FaZe Clan. They don't know shit about nothing on selling merch <laughs> properly. So I was like, if I go on the website 10 minutes earlier, I bet you they messed up and put up all the product. So I went onto the website. What? I typed in like www.phaseclan.com and I like went to the shop and I kept pressing refresh 10 minutes before. And finally, like two or three minutes before the drop, all the product was there. I picked what I wanted. I bought it and I checked out. Shit. Yeah, that's smart. You got maybe they should hire you for that for the drop now. Smart is just a lot of like three AM nights trying to buy sneakers, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I need to be more familiar with that. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I think it was really cool. I they got a lot of love from that. You know, I think the fact that it sold out so fast and the fact that it was so expensive just put them up there in terms of all right, phase is doing the right moves. They're they're pairing themselves and partnering themselves with the hype brand that they all love. Like all the players love this stuff. All their fans understand now that like phase is very elite you know they're yeah. the top of the top the premium but i think recently they've gotten a little backlash for some other content that they put on twitter at least i've seen yeah there's a i think it was a phase supreme collab but not an actual collab i think such a rookie like dude 
what? I mean, yeah, I thought it was cool because like I saw like I think it's a rookie mistake. Yeah, I, I saw like people posting like Phase Supreme team coming out soon. So I was like, holy shit, oh, shit. they're doing a, a Supreme, Supreme collab. collab. Like, right. Like, wow, first champion now Supreme. This is fucking lit. Yeah. And then after that, like they released designs, and I look at the comments and stuff, and everyone's just like, not actually Supreme, not actually Supreme, not actually Supreme. <laughs> and like, this is trash. Like, where's the champion hoodies? Where's my champion trash. hoodies? And I was like, wait, this like I thought it would have been pretty cool. Like, if they actually like pulled it off, because it's like, dude, champion, then Supreme. Like, what's next? Off white. Like, like, they're gonna go like Gucci, Louis Vuitton. Like, what? What's next? I'm super excited for that. Yeah. But this is a kind of a downgraded step. And I think even FaZe Banks tweeted out, like, replying to, like, one of the photos saying, that's that bootleg Supreme shit or something like that. I'm like, what? He did that? He tweeted, I think he tweeted something. I don't know if that's what, what he, exactly what he meant. But he was, like, Why? he was, like, like, but he was, like, kind of flexing on the fact that, like, you know, like, we're able to pull off this Supreme collab without actually pulling it off or okay. something. Yo, listen, like, I'm burning inside about this hurts me. Okay. <laughs> they, so what they, what they literally did was they bought – Supreme blanks, which are basically T-shirts that have Supreme tags on them. They're the, basically like the T-shirt Supreme uses. They probably bought them when Kmart was stocking them. So Kmart like a, a couple of months ago or like six months, or eight months ago, really? accidentally stocked like instead of all their Hanes T-shirts, they had all the Supreme T-shirts. How do, how do you accidentally do that? I don't know what it was, but basically now – Supreme went and bought all those or they got Supreme blanks. It mm-hmm. could not be the Kmart ones. And then they were like, we're going to print FaZe Clan logos on them, but we're going to, it was like a crayon design. It just, yeah. It was like, people were, were saying like my third grader, my third grade child could, like my third yeah. grade brother could draw better than this. Like bad like, decision after bad decision. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is a small mistake in terms of like, I think people look past that, but it's just like, if it were to be an actual thing, like an actual phase Supreme box logo, because I think the face the face champion collab was like they mushed both their logos together and it was like a really nice print Sick. on the shirt. Yeah. Like phase champion. Like it was very, very, very partnered, very evident. Yeah. If they were, I guess I don't know if like maybe Supreme like completely denied it, but if they're a little more patient and waited for the brand to grow enough so that Supreme would be like, Yeah, I'm down to do this like box logo face face shirt, you know? Right. But now Yeah, like now like Supreme might see as like are they repping our brand properly? Like yeah. they tried doing it and this backlash might not prove to be a good idea for exactly. us. Plus it's like, dude, those blanks, it costs them more money to print on those blanks than mm-hmm. it would to print on the other clothes that they're printing on. So they're not making as much money as they thought, but why? And I'll tell you why they're doing this, why they did the champion collab. They even released a new collection of clothes with the Supreme collab, but they really? didn't really talk about it. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know that. It's underneath it. It's called like Digital Dissonance or some shit. Hmm. So the reason that they're doing that is because they need to make money, right? Yeah. And they need to do it. And they know that they have this massive brand and they know that the best way to do it is by selling merch. Yeah. So they took a page out of Fortnite book, Fortnite's book and they were like, okay, we have all these people that create content for us under the FaZe Clan moniker. Why don't we give each of them a discount code? And have them be like, yo, like buy phase merch, use, you know, hash, like use coupon code Pomage. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, yo, Fortnite has all the content creators have their own handle. Yeah. And the content creators will say, yo, new skin is out. Buy it. Use my code. Yeah. So to clarify on that, Fortnite released this, I guess, reward system for influencers and big streamers and big players where because there's a, a digital store within their game, if you buy an item and you put the code in, like the player's game tag, um, then that player will receive like a portion or percentage of those proceeds. Um, so FaceClan did the exact same team thing, yeah. right? For which, their, is rich, which is kind of whack in my opinion. It's like, dude. It, it, it is, I think, I guess. It's it, not a whack 
concept is just like think of something more original than ripping right yeah. off of Fortnite. There, there's that argument. There's also the argument that let's do this type of thing that's very familiar to our audience. You know, obviously sure. everyone plays Fortnite, and everyone's gonna understand that. Okay, like I want us to create like to like support this creator that I very much follow because there's like 30 different phase members and like 10 of them play Fortnite. Like, yeah. you know, it's just like, I like phase scissors more than I might like phase temper. And I want to support this guy instead of like just donating all to phase, you know, Yo, it, what it, if they're like, it's, it was not a strategy to make more money. <laughs> what if it was like, we got to figure out who has the least bill <laughs> phase clan. <laughs> Whoever sells the least shirts is off the team. Oh my God. <laughs> Which Yo. by the way, like, Face Clan and my homies. Uh, I've yeah, yeah. friends in Face Clan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people that work there too. We were we were we were very closely with Face Clan. We love them. We we want the the tag face in front of a <laughs> nod. <laughs> so, but this is like, yeah, no, I want face face tat face tat face tat. Yeah, wow, a face tat would be hard. If I got a face tat on my forehead, do you think, do you <laughs> think they, they're like, yo, yeah, you can't be on face. Yeah, <laughs> like, no. They're gonna have to put me on face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's how you yeah. get in, dude. But yeah, like, uh, um, more on face. This like, is just like a discussion. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, our, in our history on phase, um, yeah, like we, we've done festivals with them. We did the AMF, AMF, AMF festival in downtown LA. Yeah. Um, so like we, we've done activations with them. And in terms of the festival, it was a game activation. We didn't create the entire festival. <laughs> just to clarify, um, there's videos on it on YouTube. Uh, check out our YouTube. Search eColiseum TV. Uh, it'll be linked somewhere. Uh, but yeah, I think. Please fa- like and subscribe. Please <laughs> like and subscribe. Phase is definitely doing a lot of right moves. We like to point out the stuff in the industry that isn't going too well because it's just, I think, it's so unstructured. I, I just love this industry because of how dynamic it is. You wake up the next morning and someone partner with someone, you know, like yeah. Drake partnered with 100 Thieves and you're yeah. just like, wow, what? okay, I didn't yeah. see that one coming. Um, Scooter Braun's in there. Like, you know, it's just like a lot of big players are now going into space. And we love to see it because we knew this entire time, like two years back or like, a year and a half ago when we started Coliseum, Fortnite wasn't even out, you know, like like Fortnite wasn't even a thing. And like we, we started this with this mindset that this industry is going to blow the fuck up because we know this audience. We know everything about it. It's just about time to see that, like wake up every single morning for different news. is so exciting to yeah, us. So like it just we, keeps validating. Yeah. So we love to see all the good things that happen. And we're very interesting to, we're interested to see like all the negative things that might happen so we can learn from it and also see like this industry is so unstructured. And like, I love it because like it, there's a lot of good times, a lot of bad times. And Faze is one of the guys in the heart. These one of the people that they're doing it very right. And they have a lot of good times, but I think there's a lot of people in this industry and people and outsiders trying to get on this wave that aren't doing it right. For example, uh, we could talk about soldier boy. Ooh, good segue. Yeah. <laughs> so, like soldier boy, like, I don't know what he's doing. Like <laughs> to, to be completely honest. Wait, so what did he do? But yeah, so it's, it's one of those things where like you look at someone and it's very clear that they're just trying to get into esports because of the money in it, you know? I don't, it, well, explain it. Then, yeah, like I'm, yeah. Sh- I'm sure explain. he plays the game. I've seen clips of him playing. He's hot trash. <laughs> to be completely honest. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure he enjoys it though. But like, you know, it, it just seems that it's a very much money play. But he, he recently uh, released a console he called, he just named an existing console, put his name on it, and and what, marked it up like three times. What's what is it called? Uh, well, I don't know. What was it called, bro? It's called Soldier Boy. Oh, it's just called Soldier Boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like Game Boy, but yeah, Soldier Boy. Exactly. Oh my god! Did you even catch on to that? Oh, <laughs> oh no! Oh, this, yeah, Soldier Game, hand, Soldier Game handheld. Oh what damn it's it, dude! Yeah, but oh, because you'd probably get yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Soldier. No, yeah. no, yeah, no. Like, yeah, Soldier Game handheld is very close to Game Boy. It's just yeah. you combine both Game Boy and Soldier Boy. I love that. That's actually that's probably the best thing. That's the best decision you made in yeah. this in this I, entire process. I will counter real quick. Soldier yeah. Boy has been a gamer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
but this move is is it's it's a little sus. Yeah, because like he not he didn't actually create this gaming console. He claimed to have made two hundred fifty thousand dollars off it, but what he really did was just get this existing console you could buy on Amazon. You he bought it on AliExpress. Yeah, yeah, he bought it on AliExpress. Like a hundred bucks, and like, did he just did he at least put his name on it? Like, he put a sticker on it. Like, what he do you do? Probably has some branding on some it. Some sort of branding where like he probably just had a manufacturer print his name on it. I'm not yeah. sure exactly what he did, but so he, the story just keeps getting so sketchier much. and sketchier. Yeah. But continue. Yeah, because like he, he just marked it up, and he's been tweeting saying like, "Yo, people who bought it, like, thanks so much. I made two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Like, did you really like who would buy this? Bro, like, yeah. Um, and like he, of- he 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 has. I think he also recently released a line of watches called Soldier Watch. <laughs> So it's like, you know, and I'm sure he didn't actually design the technical like specifications of this watch. I, I, I'm not making any, I don't want to make any assumptions, but based off what he did with this soldier game, he probably just got like a rip off Apple watch and just put his name on it. Yeah. That's so the thing that's like ske- even sketchier about all, all this is like, it's a game console. So it literally looks like a Game Boy and it can play 800 games, which if you think about it, that that's 800 games that Soldier Boy doesn't have the license to. Oh, and he's selling that to people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Each one of those games is like an infringement of intellectual yeah. property, which is like fucking expensive. Yeah. To deal with, but okay. The counterpoint could be that the games are super old, so yeah. like now they're like common, whatever the hell they call. What is that like? It's like. Common, common ground common property or something yeah some, something like that where it's like there's like a certain jurisdiction that ends after a certain amount of time right yeah, right yeah. exactly so i was not one of the lucky few that was able to purchase a soldier boy before it sold out but soldier game yeah. soldier game <laughs> soldier you boy missed out on the yeah, soldier yeah, boy yeah, in my yeah. opinion yeah yeah um but yeah so what's what else is new about soldier boy in the gaming yeah. space he also wants he or in this article he claims to want to own his own Fortnite and overwatch team wow so he wants sh- digital shooters yeah <laughs> yeah he, he wants yeah he wants his own squad uh for, for these games and like i mean I, I respect it i think anyone who has a following um and is into these games the route would be in terms of publicity to create a, a team because like yeah. you know like nayshot created hundred these because he had a following that blew up and primarily no i wouldn't say primarily but a big part being that he already had 2 million followers on YouTube, you know, right. and he had his whole optic gaming fan base. Yeah. So the transition is very easy and it's, it's very hard for someone who has no following to create, to create a league or to create a, a team. And soldier boy has somewhat of a following, I guess. Like it's, it's funny because we went to, we went, I see a picture here of him at the Fortnite after party at E3 in the um, article about this. Yeah, in this, in this article. It's a complex article, by the way, yeah. which is oh, cool. Yeah. Like yeah. Complex, complex is reporting about this because of, of soldier boy. Yeah. Um, but we were also at that Fortnite E3 after party and it was funny. It's so funny. I didn't like, see soldier boy. You know, it, yeah. It's so funny because Ninja walks out, everyone's crowding him. Everyone's like trying to get pictures and right next to them, like in the, in the crowd of Ninja right next on the other side is soldier boy. No one gives a, fuck about it oh, yeah, yeah i remember that now no, like no one's like like who's this guy yeah no, no one no one cared at all yeah dude i was chilling with josh hart because like yeah. our homies like manage him we me, we were just like watching the concert yeah. with josh and no one was coming up and yeah. saying out of josh yeah yeah we were just like chilling talking like normal people it was yeah. like what it, it also might be kind of refreshing for these guys where it's just like you know like i'm not gonna get swarmed by like all these nba fans like, these are gamer fans i gotta do my own thing because i'm also a gamer you know? yeah so boy probably also appreciate the fact that I don't know if he does get swarmed. Like, uh, do people even remember it? <laughs> like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if he does get like swarmed when he goes in public. But, like, what is he gonna call the the team? He's I, just like my soldiers. My soldiers, dude. 
if he doesn't call them my so- like the soldiers, the soldiers, the soldiers. Yo, right, it's kind of yes. hard. Soldier boy, for listening to this, the soldiers. Like I'm also pretty good at Fortnite, so recruit me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he better not miss out on the opportunity. Very yeah. interesting though. I, I like I like the moves. I respect the moves for sure. Like I know it seems like we're kind of bashing him. I definitely respect it. It's just yeah. it's one of those examples where there's there's a lot of people who are non endemic to the space that are trying to get in that. It's a little questionable, but at the same time, you know, you have to respect the fact that the numbers are there. And he's obviously a gamer, as you said, that it's worth trying to make these moves. Maybe he'd be a little more careful in terms of the licensing, um, what he's putting out there. Maybe try to be a little more authentic towards it. But if he's just a gamer and he wants to do something gaming related, like I'm assuming he's decently well off after a one <laughs> one hit wonder song. Yeah. He's not doing this for the money, hopefully. Because right. Right. Yeah, there, there's a lot of people in the industry that look at the numbers and see this industry completely number based you know like we're in this because we very much appreciate the the passion of the game being able to do what we love every yeah day. yeah and just like we've we were able to combine the passion because when we went into this we had a passion of gaming that was pretty much it and then like literally a month later after doing this we were able to understand that and i still remember the phone call i had with Rustin actually that it's more than just games we could bring in anything from our passions from like fashion to food to like to, to tech, to to cars, and like anything could be related to gaming because no matter what, the market is interested in more than just games. And we're very much intertwined with these gamers that are hype geeks, you know? Yeah. So it, it's very interesting. I love to see the fact that gaming is growing further past than what people would have assumed it was just a year ago. Right, and so yeah. another example of that is the Ninja thing. Yeah, Ninja works, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah you talk more on that because that's like... It, it's an EDM album. I'm not a huge EDM person. Mm. Um, Rustin is more of like, he's taking me to a couple warehouse parties and I can tell that's his vibe. <laughs> I, I definitely enjoy it, but I, I don't listen to EDM on a regular basis. More like I'll have to, I have to be at a concert to truly enjoy it. But yeah, talk more about Ninja Works. I think that was, that was a good move, right? Yeah, def- definitely yeah. a good move. I will. Okay. So Ninja uh, basically released an album in collaboration with, uh, Astroworks, which is a division under Capitol Records. Um, it's like their house division, their electronic music division. Um, so it's called Ninja Works. And basically they got like a bunch of artists like Tiesto, Cascade, Alesso, like, and then like newer people like Dylan Francis, um, Artie, and uh, I'm blinking on the others, Cray, right? To make this album where they would make songs. Um, and they kind of relate to gaming. So Ninja talks about how like this album is for like the nights where you're sitting in your basement with like all your homies and you have a and you're all gaming together. Or it's when you're streaming and like all the music is like royalty free. So like if you're streaming on Twitch, oh it's royalty free. Yeah, it won't oh, get taken down. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, which that's is, it's really super like cool. That. So basically, like if you stream on Twitch and you play like I don't know Soldier, Soldier Boy, Boy, right? Um, there is a very possible chance that you know, they will review the video after, like, Mm. because if you stream and you upload it to YouTube or something, like even on Twitch. Yeah, even on Twitch. If you leave it up on Twitch, they save the video for you. Um, There's a very likely chance that it will get copyrighted and the audio will be removed. Mm -hmm. Um, So this won't happen if you're playing this album. I mean, it's a smart move in terms of like, it's mostly probably like a shareability component that he's looking at where it's just like, I want as many people using this in their montage and the streams as possible to spread the word. Yeah. Um, um, so I'm just pulling up the album or the songs that I liked on my phone. So there's a song called Tilted Towers with Alesso. Classic. It's a pretty fire song. It literally sounds like 
what happens at Tilted Towers. Yeah, just chaos. Yeah. <laughs> just no, chaos. like just it's like all that pressure. So Tilted Towers is a map in Fortnite where like everyone drops. So it's the craziest like shit show that happens. Yeah. Um, but what was cool is like if you look at the Apple music description for Ninja Works, they asked like a the 12-year-old or 14-year-old kid of an Apple music editor to describe the oh, album yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's so cool yeah so he goes that. song by song and he's like you know let me let me pull this up actually me, yeah read one of those descriptions i'll read one of the descriptions i'm very curious so they go to navigate this world we enlisted a 13 year old fortnite enthusiast maceo who helped put ninja works into perspective and broke down some key tracks <laughs> enthusiast right <laughs> so he's like let's say he goes to the tilted tower song this sounds like high-intensity moments when you're in a final two or a build battle. Tilted Towers is more of a heavily populated place with so many people. When you drop down, you immediately get a gun or you get killed. I'm like, yo, I literally felt that with this song. Wow. Yeah. And then he says that his favorite song is Velvet by Artie. This is a celebration type song. Like when you get a number one victory royale. It's amazing. It's like winning a tournament or a trophy. I'm like, bro, that was literally my favorite so, song. So too. a 13-year-old said all this? Yeah. And I'm like, yo. So you're relating to a 13-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> low key um but no, that, that's amazing no, yeah. I, I love that and, and i think oh i wanted to make another note so there's a song called love cemetery by cray uh-huh. and when you hear the song she's like talking about how like she doesn't want to have feelings about the person that like broke up with her oh. or whatever right okay. so this goes way over the kid's head he says maybe it's for the love of the game and cemetery because you're Dude, eliminating this- other players <laughs> This kid did not know what so love innocent. is, so yeah, yeah. I, I love that. Yeah, that's that the primary beautiful. demographic. So. Oh man, no, yeah, Ninja's definitely doing it right. Like, I'm, I'm sure, like, like with the Final Mouse thing too. Yeah, um, Final. You want to talk about? No, fi- you, you go for it. That's that's your domain. Um, basically, real quick recap. Uh, Final Mouse is a gaming mouse company, and they released a mouse with Ninja at the Century City Mall in LA. They had a four-hour line. They sold 45,000 mice in under 20 minutes. So they sold out and they made $4 million. It was, they literally dropped it like a sneaker. It was the most absurd thing. Like I I saw the video and I I sent it to my friends and they were like, are those the Jordans that dropped this weekend? The the threes? And I was like, no, this was final mouse, a gaming mouse. God damn. I mean, it's a, it's a cool looking mouse. Yeah. People were reselling it on eBay. How much? I don't I, I, I really fair. remember. But if they're being resold, that means, you know, there's a reason for that. It's definitely hype. Yeah. And they sold it. Like, did they only sell it physically or did they sell it digitally too? They sold it digitally too? On their website? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, like, with Ninja was there though. So, that was, that was yeah, the purpose it, of the actual Right. It was location. really cool too. Yeah. Like, Ninja was there. Yeah. And, thing. like, Century City is literally just, like, yeah. It's right next to us, actually. We could drive there. So, like, we should have gone, actually. I, know. I, I learned it with the day. No, off. there was definitely a reason why we weren't there. Because we're the next day, we were there for your Fortnite tournament. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Plus, like, to be completely honest, I'm a console player. Don't call me a noob. Call me the bro gamer, sure, whatever. So you want the mouse. So I don't use a mouse. I, literally, history, I use a controller. I, uh, wait, I wanted to make a note about Ninja Works real quick. Like, okay, you know, yeah, this is the music that you're supposed to play when you're gaming, right? Like, just like, whatever, you mm-hmm. know? And the music, it's kind of like more on the poppy side of EDM in terms of like, if it wasn't a Ninja Works album, I probably wouldn't listen to those artists or that music. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I really fuck with it because cool. it's like 
this is music designed for when I'm playing video games, yeah. which is like so cliche, but like, I love that. Yeah. It hypes me up. Yeah. It's like Rocket League. Rocket League has the greatest music it does. ever. FIFA, FIFA is really good FIFA music. FIFA has too. good music too, but like Rocket yeah. League's music is designed, yeah. like people made it with Rocket League in mind. Yeah. Like they're they had they're major, all very EDM inspired, right? Yeah, they had Beats. major artists from uh, like Monster Cat's label make music for Rocket League. Mm. And it's also royalty free. So I don't like know who they are, but I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> well Slushy made a song. That's probably the biggest name. Don't know who that is, but uh, I believe he's you. Like a, he's like marshmallow type. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, but like that music like gets me hyped up too. So there really is like a special place for gaming yeah. music. Yeah, I, th- I think we didn't really talk. Yeah, I mean, other than like the Yachty and the Soldier Boy, but like, yeah, music is obviously a really big crossover with this gaming thing. Besides just actually making music, but the the artists within the industry collabing with gaming is like something you'll see way more, and you're already starting to see it. And we talked about it already. Um, but also, I think Ninja was on Jimmy Fallon recently, and do you yeah. hear, I saw like a clip on Twitter. I don't know how recent it was. Um, he was like explaining like Jimmy Fallon asked him like, yeah, so people always ask like you like why did why do they watch you play video games you know like w- like what's the fun in that and he ex- he compared it to sports he was like yeah like people say like yeah why are you watching a video game when you just go play the game like i could ask you the same thing why are you watching lebron james play basketball why don't you go go outside <laughs> and play basketball you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> so he's just saying like you know like there's a certain skill level where it's like you like to appreciate the gameplay and also the entertainment value that you get from watching a streamer and i really like that because it's it's a thing that it, it's one thing in terms of comparing esports to regular sports, which I, I don't like to do because they're two very different things. But there in ter- in terms of like the I guess the strain and the skill it takes to be a professional esports player and a regular sports player is just it's the same amount. You know, it's just yeah. as difficult to be a professional video game player as it is to be on the NBA. I think so because there's yeah. it's so rare to find that talent, and there's literally just as like there are millions of like and hundreds of millions of basketball players. There's a hundred million more, even more than that of gamers, you know, who just don't get exposure because you just have to be really good at the game. Yeah. Um, I think that is a pretty good note to end on. Yeah. I, I, I think, think we, we've I think been, we yeah, we've been around around 50 minutes. I think we killed right. it, dude. That, that was a really good. This is our yeah. first podcast. We're literally sitting on the ground next to our blue mic. Yeah, <laughs> just to give you a little perspective. Literally not in chairs. Yeah. We're sitting down next to yeah. each other. There's a mic between us. Um, but yeah, that that was our first podcast. I think we re- this was a lot of fun. No, you could tell that we, we could, I could dude, I could talk about this for hours, like yeah. e- even longer than this. Yeah. Like I had more on my list I want to talk about, but we'll save that for next time. We I think we want to make this a, a regular thing weekly. I mean, it's gonna be hard with yeah. everyone leaving now, but I think we want to make this a regular thing. Yeah, because um, it is uh, December eighteenth and Christmas is coming up. So happy holidays! Yeah, yeah happy holidays! holidays. But happy everyone. Let us know what you thought, right? Leave us comments, rate us, um, and subscribe. Send us a DM because I know that this would probably go to a majority of like our friends and people that follow us. So DM us. More topics to And like more topics. Yeah, topics. Screenshot this if you're listening to it. Post it on your story. Text it to us. Yeah, Yeah, just anything. Um, Just hearing feedback on it really helps us out and understanding like, should we do this more? What do you guys want to hear? Stuff like that. It's super easy for us to do this because – I, th- I think we hit a lot of surface level topics just to give you guys a little insight in terms of what what our brand and what we're thinking about like as two people in this industry. Um, but like we could dive in on like one specific topic that might have a lot of like controversy or a lot of different stories behind it. Uh, we'll talk more on our personal experiences as well, working for, like with eColiseum, doing this whole entire startup um, that we're, we're starting. So there's a lot of stories to be told. There's a lot of experiences that we have. This is very surface level in terms of us trying to show you guys what I guess the flow of this podcast will be like a very yeah. 
uh, fun thing for us to do. So, all but, right, dude. Yeah. Shout out to all the hype geeks, yeah. right? High five. You hear the high five right there? That might have been loud. Sorry. Had to yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we just blew up someone's car speaker. Yeah. <laughs> is fun. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, this was the Hype Geek Podcast, episode one. Thank Peace. you for tuning along and peace.